você quer me convencer De outra maneira de viver É direito teu sonhar Se você tem essa visão Eu tenho outra opinião All the music that you'll hear on today's podcast is from Gabrielle's group, Grupo Fera Livre. This track is called Ultra Manera. This is the Brazilian Beat. Welcome to episode 79 with Gabrielle Lopez. Join us as we get to know the Brazilian percussion music making community one interview at a time. Hello, Courtney. Hello, Diana. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Doing well, doing well. This has been, this was a, I really enjoyed editing this one. This was a pleasant talk. Yeah, it was great that we had somebody from Rio and they spoke English and it was probably easier on, on the editing portion. Yeah. And it was yeah. just a great conversation. Yeah. So Gabriel Lopez, he was born in Copacabana in Rio de Janeiro in 1978. He's the son of an organist, and so he became interested and exposed to music at, a, at an early age. At age 10, he began to uh, learn guitar, and then he began to study percussion at 18, and then um, when he was 21, he began his career as a professional musician. Gabriel started gigging as a percussionist in samba groups and playing at parties accompanying DJs, which that... I guess that was becoming really popular at the time. Um, DJs and other artists and percussionists all playing at these at these shows together. In 2001, Gabriel was invited to play with Monobloco, which became one of the largest blocos in Rio de Janeiro. He is still with Monobloco as a performer and he uh, teaches in their oficina. Since he... Since he's been with Monobloco, they've released four albums, two DVDs, and they've done extensive world tours, as well as paraded in the streets of Rio, Sao Paulo, and Belo Horizonte for the carnival celebrations there. I'm sure a lot of you guys um, know about Monobloco. They're a super, super popular band. In 2001, his friend Emerson Serpandio introduced him to the singer-songwriter Tiago Mocoto who would become a lifelong musical partner. They have collaborated on several projects together, recording and performing, and have um, even won awards in Spain. Gabriel created the Bloco Volta Alice in 2005, where he is the Mestre de Bateria, and they've paraded every year in front of thousands for Carnival since 2005. Through Volta Alice and Monobloco, he actively participates in the Renaissance of Rio's street carnival since the early 2000s. Gabriel also teaches Pandero lessons online and in person. He uh, utilizes his own method of, of playing for that. He's also a music producer and he creates soundtracks for, for several different projects. So yeah, that's Gabriel in a nutshell. Gosamba.net. I am importing drums from Brazil and selling them online at gosamba.net. Drums, mallets, uh, drum heads, drum keys, all the everything you need for your for your group. So go check it out. This store is made for you. Do you like us? We like each other and we like you. But if you like us, please consider joining our community of support for this podcast. We love, love, love doing this podcast and having conversations with people all over the world and interacting with the global Samba community. 
and uh, it's definitely a labor of love, but it's also, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of labor. Um, we spend time, we spend equipment, and we spend money on, on this podcast. So if you would like to help us keep these conversations going, please consider going to ko-fi.com slash the Brazilian beat. That's ko-fi.com. This podcast is free and it will definitely remain free, but it's not free to make. We know that right now during this pandemic, there's a lot of things out there to support. But if you have the means, we invite you to join our community of support for this podcast. And thank you so much. A free way also to support this podcast is to rate us on Apple Podcasts and to tell a friend. Or whatever um, app you use. Yeah, whatever podcast player you use. Yeah. Hope you guys like this episode. Enjoy. I wanted to add one clarifier before we get into the episode that when we talk about Mestri to do, we are talking about Mestri to do from Formosa Daji, the Samba School. Um, when we talk about Dudu Fuentes, we're talking about um, Dudu. So I just wanted to clarify that. I know a lot of people in the United States know Dudu Fuentes. And, and, but anyway, when we talk about Gabrielle working with uh, Mestri to do to make breaks, we're talking about um, Mestri to do from Mosa Daji. All right, let's get into it. Diana, how are you doing this morning? Good morning. Uh, I'm great. How are you? <laughs> That didn't sound so good. <laughs> oh, no, just waking up, that's all. That's cool. Well, today we have Gabrielle Lopez here on the podcast with us. Gabrielle, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Really happy to be with you too. And let's do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's start about, let's talk about your background some. So, did you grow up in Rio and when did you first start playing music? Yeah, I grew up here. I was born in Rio, and I started really young, really young playing guitar and acoustic guitar. It's more uh, pop and rock based mm-hmm. based studying. I made some. Uh, I had some teachers, but when I was fifteen, I changed it to percussion, hmm. and. I I didn't grow up really close to uh, to some schools here, you know. But I knew because in Rio they are everywhere. But when I was something like I I think when I was sixteen, I saw a bateria close. Now I went to see a bateria, and you know I was amazed by it. it was. <laughs> It's incredible, you know, when it started. Yeah. So it changed my, changed my life. Hmm. Was it a bloco or a samba school? It was a samba school. It was mm. uh, Salgueiro Bateria. Mm-hmm. Loro was the master at the time. And so it was great. So I started with guitar, but I, some years after I started uh, studying percussion. Mm-hmm. And um, that's it. That's that's the beginning. Yeah. Did your family play music? Yeah, my father he's a pianist and a 
He plays hmm. this church organ too. He doesn't oh, wow. play. Yeah, he doesn't play professionally, but he plays a lot since I am really young. So it really influenced me a lot because mm-hmm. well, he he was so relaxed when he was playing, hmm. and I thought, oh, it's, it's better be like that, twenty four hours per day, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Gabriel, as you were growing up then in school, were you able to study music uh, in school as well? No. No, it's different here. The, the, mm. the schools in Brazil, you don't choose the subjects that you're going to learn. Okay. You know, like you do. Really? Yeah, you have uh, the subjects are mathematics, Portuguese, history, uh, science, something like that. You know, you don't have... I have, when I was, I think, below 10 years, below 12 years, we have a, a music workshop, music class once a week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was nothing like, it, it was not serious, you know, so not in my school. I, in Brazil, we don't have it in the schools, you know. It's, it's a shame for us. It is because it, it's such a... It seems like music is such a big thing in your culture and uh, not to have it in the school seems really odd. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, if you think not having it and we have the music that we have, uh, thinking if, if it was took seriously by mm-hmm. the education system. Uh, so that's, that's a, a big thing here in Brazil. You know, we need to understand that our culture is the is the most important thing that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the that's the Brazil that went well, you know, our music right. that did something mm-hmm. really relevant for the world. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Can you tell us? So then, what was the next? You saw, you saw Salgueiro, you saw a big bateria, and then. How did you start getting involved in playing? Did you start playing in blocos or samba schools, or how did that how did that work? Uh, when I uh, when I decided to to change the instrument to go to play percussion, my my first teacher was a guy here from Brazil that teaches uh, Afro-Cuban music mm. because I knew a friend that was having workshops with him. And I was interested in in this kind of thing at the time, so I started mm. with him. This guy mm-hmm. is called Leo Leobons. He's really uh, well known here in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, and I went with him to a trip to Cuba in two thousand one. Oh, really? Yeah, and huh. and I when I was there, I realized that I uh, I would be never able to really understand the Cuban music because I I don't live there, you know, and mm-hmm. you have to live a popular culture like that. You have to live close to where it happens to really mm-hmm. uh, understand the thing. That's the way I feel about Brazilian music. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, because I have it in Brazil, something similar than they have in Cuba. So I change it to a different teacher here, a guy that, mm-hmm. that is now is a good friend of mine, but he's 
a great mestre of my of my life. He's called Ney Joshossi. He's a great mestre of Candomblé. That mm. is the Afro-Brazilian religion. His family has a, a really well-known house of Candomblé in Bahia. And he's a, a big name of Candomblé here in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started to study uh, with this guy, Nadia Shossi. And at the same time, uh, a really good friend of mine, Léo Saad, he called me to go to Monobloco. Uh, they, they started uh, doing a workshop, weekly workshop in 2000. So I started going there too. So I changed it from this Afro-Cuban study to Brazilian study. I started doing this Batucada weekly workshop and this mm-hmm. Candomblé study at the same time. So I changed my focus to to our culture here in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So I started yeah. with... So I started with monobloco before going to any samba school. What instrument did you play in monobloco? Uh, in the first year, I played uh, tambourine. But, oh, nice. Yeah, but the, after that, I changed to surdo. And mm-hmm. I'm still there until today, 20 years after. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. You also, nowadays, you do the Monobloco Oficina, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a pseudo teacher there. Oh, nice. For more than a decade. Yeah. Can you describe, some people might not know what an Oficina is. Can you describe describe what that is? Yeah, it, it, it works something similar to the summer schools. You know, we start uh, in May or April. It depends on the year. And... It's everything. It's focused on teaching, yeah? teaching uh, the theory of music, teaching technique, but the focus mm-hmm. is on the parade in the carnival. Mm-hmm. No, so if you think like that, similar to what some school does, they they are focused on the parade, you know. And mm-hmm. we do uh, besides the parade, we do some gigs with the big bateria, because monoblock oh, which. Cool. It's, it has two different things. You know, there's a, there's a band that travel all around Brazil and the world. And we have the, this oficina, né, these workshops, that you have the big bateria with the students. So mm-hmm. the parades that we do in Rio, São Paulo, and Belo Horizonte, three different cities in Brazil, the parades are with the big bateria with the students. So the workshops are focused on... Uh, getting the students ready for playing on the parade and on the gigs that we do with the big bateria with the students. We have a friend in from, he lived in Portland for a while and he now plays Cuica in the Monobloco Oficina. Um, Hinato? Hinato. He's a doctor? I I probably know him. Yeah, he plays Quika. He's a doctor. He's kind of, I don't know, he's pretty tall and thin. <laughs> yeah. I know anyway. him. I know him. Renato yeah. Luna. Yeah, I know him. Good guy. Shout out. Good to friend. Him. Yeah, he's great. He's a good friend of Portland. He's yes. um, always kind of watching out for us when we are in Brazil and he's our personal doctor, <laughs> sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you have any trouble? Contact me. So anyway, yeah, he's... 
He's great. Gabriel, yes. could you tell us, have you been with Monobloco since the beginning? Yeah, since the could beginning. You, could you tell us a little bit about the history of Monobloco? Ah, uh, okay. Uh, you know, the first, the first band, the first guy that had this idea of getting uh, the batucada instrumentation and play different uh, genres of music with this instrumentation was a guy from Mangueira called Ivo Meirelles. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he started a band called Funkin' Lata. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, Funkin' Lata was the first one. This guy had this idea, you know. I don't know if he was the first to have the idea, but he was the first to put it in a band and to make a record. So, mm -hmm. Ivo this is a really well-known guy here in the samba scene, you know. So mm -hmm. he's important here. Monobloco started with this workshop in 2000, uh, and it was the first one to give workshops like that. So it changed a lot of things in Rio. Uh, mm. Before 2000, uh, Carnival in Rio was mainly the Samba Drone Parade. You mm. know, you don't have this strong street carnival that you have here now every carnival hmm. with lots of blocos, you know, hmm. lots of people on the street. It, was, it wasn't like that. You had some blocos, but people tend to travel in the carnival besides, uh, aside of being here. I don't know if my phrases are correct, but I think you understood. Mm -hmm. and, and with this monobloc workshop, the first parade that monobloco did was a huge success. And, and there was one interesting, interesting thing that happened. There was another block. There is another block here called Suvaco de Cristo. They used to play in a venue uh, here. And their, their event was really successful. And Monobloco started, uh, did two events that was not good, you know, not so much people. Uh, but the venue that Suvaco de Cristo was playing they had a, an argument with Subaco de Cristo, I don't know, so they split up. And they called Monobloco to play in this venue on the same day that Subaco de Cristo was supposed to play. And mm. Monobloco went there, there was audience there that was thinking that, that it, it, Subaco de Cristo should play. Right. And they saw Monobloco, and you know, this changed everything. Because Monobloco playing pop music, different music with this batucada stuff is powerful. And it yeah. was totally new for the guys, for, for the audience, you know? Do Príncipe Chagera, pela princesa e do mar. 
what was the other band? What what did the other bloco something do Cristo? What what did they play? Like? Ah, samba. They mo mostly play samba. Ah, okay. Yeah, and, gotcha. and a bloco to play just samba, it's it's hard to compete with the baterias, the real baterias mm -hmm. of the samba schools. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. It's hard. So uh, the audience was really amazed by it, and it changed everything. So from that from that time that thing that happened you know it's really changed everything from on a block all the workshops went really well after that and because you in the workshop people are really getting ready to play and understand music a lot of blocos um, was born from monobloco mm -hmm. so gotcha. uh, the, mm -hmm. the, this block movement really get bigger because of that because of this workshop uh, thing and this this really changed the the street carnival in the south zone of Rio de Janeiro. Hmm. So uh, after that, there was a band. They created a band, and you know, we we are for uh, uh, we are doing that for twenty years. So yeah. And uh, at may, this time, maybe I, I was sorry, sorry, Diana, no, no, interrupting you, but. Uh, I had an interview with Mario Pan from Ilé mm -hmm. and and he was talking to me that the the Afro blocos from Bahia they they came from the samba schools from Bahia and the bloco de índio. It's a different kind of bloco, you know. So they are really influenced by the samba schools in Rio because the samba schools from Bahia was kind of trying to do the same thing that we do here. So I think with monobloco is the same, something like that. I cannot, I don't want to compare monobloco with Liaie, you know, it's, <laughs> that's, that's not my point, but things evolve, you know, and monobloco is developed something really different from, from the traditional batucada from Rio. And it seems that at that time, Things were changing in Rio and Lapa, and things were really growing, right? Um, and I've noticed that you guys played a lot of gigs, and your gigs weren't necessarily during Carnival, right? You guys were guys playing at Circo Voador, right? And doing lots of recordings. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was not a seasonal band, you know. It's not just playing at Carnival. We play all the year during mm -hmm. You know, in every different event that you think, it became like a normal band. You know, right, right. Uh, we there, there are more gigs in the carnival, and in the middle of the year that you have the Saint John parties. Mm -hmm. uh, but we play, we play uh, all the time. You know, there's no. Uh, there's no carnival. It's it's not a car carnival gig, you know. It's a, right. It's a band that plays in every type of event. Yeah. Um, speaking of the all the blocos that spun off of Mono Bloco, you have uh, Volta Alice. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, yeah, Volta Alice. Yeah. Volta Alice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When yeah. did you start that? Yeah, in 2005, some friends of mine, 
started this block here in my neighborhood. I live in a neighborhood called Laranjeiras. In, oh, yeah. Like orange tree in, in English mm-hmm. uh, here mm-hmm. in Rio. It's a neighborhood that is really well known by having lots of blocks. And uh, Macapá lives there. <laughs> Macapá is my, is my neighbor. <laughs> Ah, Good nice. Oh, I mine. stayed around the corner. I, I Last time I was in Rio, I stayed in Laranjeiras, like right around the corner from Macapá. So you must have been neighbors for a few days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Macapá, good friend of mine. We played for for some years in Monobloco together. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's a legend. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they started this bloco, but we are not a Monobloco uh, style. We are samba. We just play samba. So we are in an old-style bloco from Rio de Janeiro. We uh, choose a subject, and me and the singer, we we are composers together for... We had a band, blah, blah, blah. So mm. we started this bloco, and we compose a samba for, for the subject that we choose. Uh, cool. And we like just, an enredo? Yeah, like an enredo. Like... Yeah, cool. Yeah, like an enredo. But the the samba, uh, yeah, that's it, that's it. But but it's more this nowadays the samba enredo is really long. You know they are big mm-hmm. sambas, and we do old style samba enredo. Let's mm-hmm. let's say like that. Oh. But we don't have workshops. You know we just uh, join the musicians together for two or three times, two or three rehearsals before on the street, open for the audience, and we do the the parade. Gotcha. So do you you don't you don't have like workshops and lessons for drummers to play starting in April and that whole model? It's a different model than that? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. just I just call my friends from the other blocos. Hey guys <laughs> nice. hey guys, let's let's go to Valtalice. It's just a way to 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 have fun. Yeah, nice. Make some music and be with friends. That, that, that's the the spirit of carnival. Yes. Um, Gabriel, speaking of samba enredos, did I catch you on Teresa Cristina's Instagram live? Were you talking about uh, enredos there? No. No. I thought, no. Oh, I thought yeah. it was you. Maybe it was another Gabriel. There's yeah, <laughs> possibly. There's this there's guy. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot Gabriel, and there is this guy that makes some some sambas for Mangueira. Maybe it mm. was him. Maybe so. Well, um, other things that you're involved with now, you are a transcribing machine. You've been <laughs> working. <laughs> It's like every every six months a new like massive book comes out. So you have a if you go to your website at sambabeats.com.br, everybody, if you go to that website, he's got a free book that you can send in your email and then you'll receive the download and it's it's like the basics of how to play how to play samba. Samba Beats ebook. And then you've also transcribed You've worked with Mestri Moral to transcribe his his breaks and escantas, and then you've also worked with Mestri Dudu to uh, transcribe most of Daji breaks from last year. Are those year specific books? Like, 
um, like with Mystery to Do, is it everything from 2020 or was it kind of the greatest hits or? <laughs> yeah. It's, anyway, it's... you've got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, uh, no, no, it's not for just one year. It's like I pick up the, ah. the with him, we choose the, the bosses that we like the most. Ah, cool. Uh, in fact, it started, I had this idea. I played with Mestre Mauron for so many years in Rocinha. And, you know, Mestre Mauron, he's, uh, for me, he's the best. You know, he, he does bossa really different from the others. He has a really, he's musical, you know. He, mm-hmm. he has a good mm-hmm. ear. He knows how to do it. And he's this guy that he's really, really good, but he didn't get any big bateria, traditional bateria, just Viradouro. He got Viradouro and he, he made a mm-hmm. really good job at Viradouro. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they went, they got into Grupo Especial with him. Yeah. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was 10 years with Rocinha, Cubango, and and, uh, and Viradouro, and he just lose points for the Samba School one year. Wow. So during nine years, he didn't lose any tenths for wow. the Samba School. He's, he's amazing. He should be in a big bateria now in Tijuca or, I don't know, any, any bateria of the first division of our Carnival Contest here. And... Uh, I, 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 it always, 
we are, you know, in the 20th, 21st century now, and it always bothered me that uh, this carnival batucada culture was oral, you know, when things gets mm -hmm. lost here, each year things gets lost, you know. And mm -hmm. with Maurão Bossas, it was really clear to me that someone should document it because otherwise it, it, it should be lost, you know, at some point. Uh, because you have the videos, but the bosses are in the middle of the video, you know, nobody was taking care of it. So yeah. I was giving this idea to Mauron for years, and he was, no, ah, okay, let's do it. This carioca, carioca papo, né? this things that carioca really does, oh, let's do it, yeah. Uh, we we know that through doing the podcast. Hey, do you want to do an interview? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know that. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. So uh, at some point, I started doing it without his, his, know, his knowing it. So I, I, I searched for all the bosses in, on the internet, and I searched for every each instrument, blah, blah, blah. So I, I wrote everything that I could. Some instruments, that are, there is no video, so I I just uh, stayed blank, the, the bars mm -hmm. that I didn't know. So I, mm -hmm. I phoned him, I'm out on. I have five bosses transcribed here, and I need you, man, to, to help me with some bars that I don't know what the guys put, you know, and, and do all the checking if I did it right. Yeah. So he was really happy. <laughs> oh man, it's ready. <laughs> so he chose more three bosses, and <clears throat> and that was the the story of the first one of Mauron. So after that, I I'm a, I think the the most important bateria from Rio it's Mocidade. Mm. Uh, because they invented the bossa, they the surdo de terceira was introduced there. They didn't invent it, as I know it, but that's the first bateria that put in the bateria Estudos Terceira. And uh, the the basic repique groove that right. all the samba schools does, it started there too. Right. So they have the the most important master of all times, Mestre André. Mestre André, yeah. Uh, the Pelé of the Mestre de Bateria. So mm -hmm. I really wanted to do a book with Mestre Dudu. I knew him, but not very much. You know, I, I worked with him twice before I called him to do the, the book. And I asked Mauron to call him, because <laughs> I know Mauron for 15 years. You know, we, mm -hmm. we played together in Monoblock for 15 years. We played the same right. instrument. We played Sudo, so we are really friends. We are close friends. So he called Muru, I, I asked him to call Dudu and, oh, Mauro, talk to Dudu uh, that you know me, that I am a trustable person. And Dudu was really happy to do that to me. Dudu is a really nice guy, really nice person. It was oh, a really good for me working with him, knowing him better, mm -hmm. because he's a really special person. And <clears throat> But I couldn't release the book. Because of Corona, mm. yeah, it's not. Oh. It's with me. I have uh, two two hundred books here, but <laughs> I didn't release it yet. I have some books coming too because of the 
quarantine quarantine I made I worked a lot here so I have some coming in the way mm -hmm. can I ask you what your process was in um, putting the book together as far as like did you study with him for just on your own or how, how what was the process uh, yeah it's it's not easy you have to you, you have to choose the bosses. After that, you have to find lots of different videos of the bosses because you mm -hmm. you need to see yeah. the 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 guys playing the instrument to to, mm -hmm. to be sure of what they are doing, you know. And mm -hmm. or sometimes it's really hard to, to find it, you know. And it's like a puzzle with yeah. lots of lots of different pieces, and you have to put these pieces together. Luckily now there's there's Samba in Paixão YouTube channel and Trofeo Bateria where they're Good taking quality. videos of yeah. a lot of stuff, which is nice. Yeah, you can see guys, people playing up close. Yeah, without these guys, I could not make my books like I do. These guys yeah. are Samba in Paixão, Fabio from Samba in Paixão. We are partners. Mm -hmm. The videos that oh, I nice. release in Samba Beats, I release in Samba in Paixão too. Mm. Yeah, I saw some on, on the website, yeah, or the channel. Yeah, he's a very good guy, too. And I love what they do. I love how consistent they are, and they're very well, that sounds silly, they're very well branded, and I don't know, I just really like the, what they what their product what they do, yeah. Yeah, they do really good videos with really good sound, and they are mm -hmm. in, a, in a different way doing the same as, as I am doing here, documenting uh, our culture here, you know? There's a big mm -hmm. problem here. We, as an example, we don't know who invented the repique. Mm -hmm. We don't know who, who brought the caixa de guerra to a bateria. We don't, we don't know when. So, yeah. you know, things are getting lost. So this kind of work that Samba e Paixão are doing, uh, it's really important. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They have a great um, description on their website of why they do what they do. And it almost reads like a manifesto of, of, you know, we love this culture. We want to preserve this culture. We all work together to, to have a living record of, of what's happening. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool project. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's my goal too with Samba Beats. In yeah. a different way, you know, I, I really wanted mm -hmm. the this kind of uh, this kind of cultural manifestation to be in the written in the traditional musical stuff, you know, the, the writing. Mm -hmm. Can I say that traditional music yeah. writing? Okay, mm -hmm. because like that, you, you uh, this kind of writing, it's it's with us for four hundred years. So I know that 400 years from now, people can understand what's written down here, <laughs> you know? And mm -hmm. we can go, I, I knew, I gave workshops in Europe in, in some universities. And that's a lack of it. They need it, you know? People that really love this kind of culture don't, don't have access to what is happening now in Rio. Yeah, so exactly. that's... In the sambabits.com.br, I put the the basic samba groove of each bateria. So this is a way of 
people, oh, how does Portela play? You know, you have a document saying right. that, okay, so in maybe in 20 years, people are, how did Portela play in 2020? So they have a where to, to a tool to research, you know? Yeah. That, the book by Ojilan, the Opatuki Karaoke, was was similar, but it's it's now a little bit outdated. Like things have changed, so it's really great that you've got something that's updated. Yeah, this is a great book. You know, Guilherme uh, Gonçalves and Ojilan made a really good job. They mm-hmm. was the first and. Uh, it's a shame that they didn't continue doing it, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. it was a, a rich part of our uh, bateria history with Odilon, that it was one of the greatest masters of all the time. A lot of things came from him. He invented mm-hmm. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Odilon is really important, you know? He's yeah. with Mestre Marçal, Mestre André, Mestre Odilon, the greatest of all time. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good guy if you... I don't. I don't know if he speaks English, but it's a good guy for you to interview if if it's possible. <laughs> it's a really, really, really good guy, and that's a shame that they didn't continue doing it. You know, because Guilherme is a really good musician. He know what he's talking about. You know, he's inside the scene. They have yeah. my respect a lot. Yeah, it's a really good book. Yeah, I I consider mine to be precious <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is um yeah because they're really hard to find copies in the united states it's it's really really difficult to find copies here so i got yeah, mine from it, somebody who brought it back from brazil it's hard i i sent emails for some samba stores yeah instrument stores in the united states to sell my books mm-hmm. but they are not interested so yeah, you know, I was one of those people, and it's it's <laughs> difficult to sell. It's difficult to sell physical books nowadays. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think though, I mean, we can take this off the record. If you made your books, your uh, your next coming books as eBooks and sold them for for prices, gave people a download code where they had to pay to get the to download the book. I think you might be able to do that. Then you wouldn't have to pay to ship it to the United States and you know you know the store being me I wouldn't take a cut like you would get all the profit from that you know what I'm saying like yeah and people people could just print it off yeah I, I think I, that might I am might working work. on it but you know it's really hard to write the books yeah. and <laughs> and do the yeah. website and sell it yes and, I cannot yeah. do everything you know and the, yeah to, to put it online, any book, because it's better for people to study it. It's, it's a thing that I'm thinking for months, <laughs> but I just yeah. couldn't make it. I, I know, I know, I know how it goes. <laughs> I, I, I do the podcast in the, in the store and it's just a lot. There's just not enough time to do everything. So some things don't happen. Yeah. I get it. Do you know Bruno Morais? He does uh, Trofeo Batteria. He's also um, really interested in preserving the history and and the culture of of samba schools. No, I really don't know him. I know the Trofeo Batteria. Né? It's getting mm-hmm. bigger now, but yeah. I don't know him. Yeah, he might be a good connection for you. Yeah, doesn't yeah. he work with SRZD too? Yeah, he's a he's a commentator for SRZD and. 
is a very good website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a, he plays tambourine. He's he's plays tambourine for uh, Mosadaji, and yeah, he's grew up in Mosadaji or uh, nice. Padre Miguel. Not easy, mm-hmm. not easy to play yeah. in the tambourine section of Mosadaji. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, in addition to do shoot your books, you also on your website. I was I was checking it out last night, and um, you've got information about each samba school which is really cool like a little bit of history and um under the tab samba schools you go through it looks like alphabetically and people can click and learn a little bit more about the school like what nights they rehearse which is always like crazy to find when if you're traveling to brazil like how much it costs to get in and and a photo of the quadra and then you have like the grooves they play for each instrument like it's a ama- you have an amazing resource yeah the, the website is wonderful yeah oh thanks that was my goal yeah since the beginning i hope my english is is good there because writing is in another language it's yeah it's hard yeah but yeah, uh, yeah the idea was to be really a, a good place for people that wants to understand which samba school represents, you know, they can, yeah. or when go to rehearsal or yeah. you, you have a video. Now you have the, the parts of each, each instrument, but you also have the the video so you can hear how it sounds. Yeah? Right. Right. So this was the goal of doing it. You know, yeah. people can understand that's, that's not batucada, Carioca, you know, have each summer school, Mangueira plays in a different way, Mocidade plays in a different way, Salgueiro plays in a different way, you know, it's it's the same thing, it's samba, it's, it's it, uh, if you hear, not uh, thinking in it, you, you think that is the same thing, but if you watch it closely, it's, it's really different. Yeah. Yeah, you. The, I got really excited looking at this site. You have so much information. I'm. I'm definitely gonna be spending some time reading <laughs> about all these different. Yeah, my my next project groups. is to uh, now. Now I am really focusing on doing my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So I I am making some videos there. And but but my next project in the YouTube channel, and I have a book uh, talking about it. It's uh, it's a book about the principles, the uh, uh, the music principles of uh, bateria. Hmm. You know how are the patterns that that are uh, they, that they all the bateria respects the pattern that the samba respects. You know, and the elements of the arrangements, how it works in each instrument, how it works as a bateria, how it works in a samba enredo. So people that teaches it in different places of the world can have a book uh, that, that it's a, uh, how can I say that in English? Sorry. Like a reference? It's, it's, a, it's a reference. It's a tool to research, you know, how it works, how is the function of instruments, how's the yeah. pattern that they respect, you know? So I, I will do that in a book, but it's a more technical book because it's a traditional writing. But I'm going to do that in video, too. So wow. people that don't know how to write uh, the, the traditional musical writing, they mm-hmm. can have this information, too, and teaches it in a good way 
for everyone, you know? Yeah, wow. Where did you learn to write, uh, you know, music notation? You know, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it, you know, not so long ago, and I don't remember where, where I learned it. Hmm. Interesting. I don't remember, but since I, I learned it, I use it a lot. Yeah. You know, it became my way of uh, remembering my stuff. You know, when I have a gig to do in a band, I always rewrite everything. You know, I knew sometimes, oh, man, there's a gig to do in one week, 20 musics. There's no right. way that I do it without writing. So I used it a lot in my life, but I really don't remember where I learned it. <laughs> nice. That's funny. Yeah, it's a great tool. Yeah, it is. It is. It helps. It helps a lot. Yeah. Gabriel, you know, with COVID and everything going on, it seems like we've had to readjust on, you know, how we do things. And it seems like you've got some partnerships going and have kind of changed things uh, as far as like how to do lessons. So you've been partnering with JP and um, I see that you guys have been doing some lessons online. Yeah, I am. I am doing the monoblock workshop online. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a weekly workshop, like the the not the offline one. Um, oh, yeah. I am with a, maybe forty students. It's a lot of people. It's, it's it's a good thing. I like it, you know, because uh, when I when I do the normal workshop, I cannot talk about each genre that we are playing, you know. And in this mm -hmm. online workshop, when I when we will play shochi as an example, is a is a genre from the northeast of Brazil. I can talk about the genre. I can show some videos. I can mm -hmm. show how monoblock oh. will make the adaptation. So people are not just playing the genre; they understand that this and history behind mm -hmm. it. Yeah, cool. And. With JP, in fact, JP is a good friend of mine. We are partnering for some years, doing a lot of different stuff. We do the bosses tour in in England each year, teaching the bosses for the guys. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he comes to Brazil, and we do a two weeks workshop. We take people to to the quadras to learn with the mestres and. To, to the Jongo da Serrinha, to learn with the guys from the Jongo. It's, oh, it's cool. a really good thing. And with the coronavirus, we started doing some lives mm -hmm. with the masters from Rio, but we expanded it. We made with uh, Suzano, too, that is not from the samba scene. Right. We made with Mario Pan, too. And the last one, we made like a Bossas Tour live that we we taught uh, a bossa for the mm -hmm. guys. I do it here in Brazil também for some groups. I teach some bosses online now with the corona stuff. So it's yeah. it's a really good thing because it makes possible something that is not possible offline. You know, mm -hmm. maybe for the guys it's really hard to pay a ticket to go to Fortaleza, that is a city in the northeast of Brazil. But the guys can do it online. Yeah. So it makes right. it possible, you know. I was just talking to Courtney before um, you came on, and we were talking about how 
you know, even though COVID has been, you know, bad, it's been great for people to connect all over the world with these kinds of workshops. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. But hopefully yeah. we can all see each other soon. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 bad. No, no, you. I think you're totally right. You know, it, it, I I miss a lot my my life, but I really prefer doing the monoblock workshop online than offline. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel that I'm really teaching the the guys. You know, mm-hmm. in the offline workshop, it's it's hard. It's too noisy. You cannot talk. You cannot correct really. Uh, right. uh, close each instru- each student, you know, this this online class, I can really uh, teach music for the guys, you know, mm-hmm. make their them uh, practice their ears, you know, make them use their mm-hmm. ears as a guide, understand the mm-hmm. genres, understand what mm-hmm. we are doing, not just playing uh, a pattern. Hmm. That's great. How many people are normally in in your your in-person classes mm. with monobloco how many students uh, it's hard to say we do workshops in rio and sao paulo and belo horizonte three different cities oh. uh, so once a week once a week yeah. wow hard work you go to all those places <laughs> yeah hard work <laughs> But I, I was not going to Belo Horizonte for some years because of it. You know, it's it's too much. And yeah. uh, maybe I, we have something like between two hundred and three hundred in each city, something like that. No, or or two hundred maybe each city, something like that. Uh-huh. I, I'm really not sure. I know my students from Surdo that I have maybe some. Something like 30, 40 each city. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I think for all the instruments, something like 150, 200, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Um, so in addition to everything you're doing, you, you touched a little bit on the tours that you're doing with JP. You also have... Um, on your website, some cool information, tourist information, where you describe the different neighborhoods and stuff. I, I, it's that's a pretty good resource, also for it's just a great gringo resource, I think, <laughs> for people who want to visit Brazil and and check out samba schools and don't know where to stay or you know any of that. You've you've really covered a lot of cool ground with your website. Yeah, you know, I I did this this uh, touristic touristic page. In the beginning of the website, I think I started it in 2017 or 2016. I'm, I'm not sure. And uh, I, I changed the focus. I'm not focused on that anymore. I did in the beginning, you know, I did it, but I'm mm-hmm. not paying attention to that anymore. So what I sure. did, it, what I did is not. I, I put in the beginning. I put all the information, the prices uh, with each. Uh, touristic point in, in Rio, but because I'm not looking at that anymore, I changed it. I put the websites of each touristic point, so you can have an mm. idea there. And you go if you want to know prices and places uh, where you get a van to go to the cruise or something like that. You go to their website, you gotcha. know, because it's a lot of thing. If I I cannot do everything, like I said, 
and yeah. it's a lot of touristic points in Rio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not my focus anymore. Glad that you liked it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's just everything in one. It's nice. Yeah. Um, wh- I've got kind of I've got a question for you. What um, what would you like people living outside of Brazil who are who are obsessed with samba like us and people who would be listening to this podcast? Is there anything that you would like us to know about? bloco culture in rio or samba schools is there something that we're not quite grasping that you feel like we should know uh difficult it's kind of a strange question no it's a difficult question because you know there's uh i i don't i don't know how how you were handling it in the united states but i think it's something like they do it in europe and people tend to do it in a really good way. You know, people tend to respect it and try to, to learn more. So just keep doing it and, and help us telling us what we should uh, give to you guys, you know, as an information. Because the, the, the experience that I have out of Brazil is that people really does it in a really good way. You know, they are trying to learn. The only thing that is a problem here in Rio, too, if you go to a summer school, as an example, okay? If you go to a summer school, you have something like uh, three caixas for one surdo. Mm-hmm. And... If you go to a bloco like monobloco, you have something like one caixa for one surdo. Mm-hmm. Because caixa is a very difficult instrument, there's a technique involved, and surdo not. Surdo is easier. And that's what happens in the most blocos all around the world. It, it happens in Rio, you imagine, all around the world. So there are blocos that are have much more surdo than caixa. So it sounds different from the summer mm. schools, but it sounds the same as the blocos. It's not a... Interesting, it's yeah. Not a it's just to, for you to have in mind that different from Maracatu, Maracatu, you have much more alfaias mm-hmm. than caixas, than snares, much more. Right. You know, it's, it's the, the, this kind of batucada, this kind of uses like that, but in, in real caixas, you know, it's the instrument that you have more in a bateria. It's almost like a third of the group. Yeah. <laughs> is caixas. Yeah. More, like there's 300 than... players and 100 of them will be caixa players. Yeah. Something like 250 <laughs> and 90 caixas. Something like that. Right. It's more than right. a third. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's the, we call this the swing of the, mm-hmm. of the bateria. Mm-hmm. But I don't have an advice, you know. I th- really think that people are. I, I really feel glad that it's happening, you know. Uh, it, 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 in Europe, you can see, uh, and I think United States too, because you you have this this samba scene. If you think in batucada carioca, in samba reggae, and maracatu, you have this batucada brasileira thing uh, mm-hmm. all around the world. I think you don't have it in the Muslim world. I don't know why, mm. but I never heard about it. But all around the world, you have it in Russia, 
in Japan, in Korea, you know, Slovakia. I don't know in Africa if you have it. Nigeria, there's a group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's really good. United States. It's not a, a mainstream movement, but no, but it's a background movement that is strong, you know. And uh, after soccer and capoeira, I think this is the the thing that really spreads Brazil around the world more than anything, you know. Hmm. So <clears throat> I'm really glad that is that this still going on, still growing uh, around the world. And, Really happy that it's happening in the United States too, because I don't know the scene in the United States really well. But really glad yeah. that it's happening too. It's it's young here. It's not as established as it is um, in Europe. So it's it's the, the groups are younger. They're not as well established. Um, a lot of groups start and then fade out, but um, we're also very spread out. Um, here mm-hmm. on the West Coast, there's actually a more, more. there are more groups on the West Coast that are close together. So we get together, um, it used to be like three times a year, but we get together at least once a year and play in a big group together in Seattle. Nice. And Dudu Fuentes was, was writing all the music for that and kind of leading that charge um, in the past few years, but... Um, yeah, it's and then we all we get together for Brazil camp. So, you know, it, the people who can afford to take the time off of work and can pay for the flight out there and pay for the for the camp, they we get together and, and play there too and are learning, you know. And we've Mestre Elton has been there the last couple of years, but um that's about all the contact we really have with each other. And it's one point of this podcast we wanted to kind of bring people together in the United States, not really realizing it would go global, like we would be talking to people around the world and people in Brazil. So it's, 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 uh, yeah, we're just trying to connect the communities and, and help things grow here. Ask people, how do you run your group? How does it work? And, and just to kind of give people tips on how to keep going and make it, make it work better. But yeah, the scene here is, is spread out, I guess would be the, <laughs> the adjective because <laughs> the United States is huge. Like it's, it's really, yeah. really big. So, you know, yeah. this is the magical thing of, of this, this kind of, uh, batucada, stuff you know you 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 join together with lots of people uh and and you learn how to play music that is a dream for a lot of people and it's not hard mm-hmm. it's not that hard as people think you know because mm-hmm. you don't you don't see music you don't you can touch it so people think that is like magic but you know it's just like mathematics you just have to apply yourself and you will understand and learn it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you when you join people together to play, you know, this is so powerful. You know, you are in a in a way linked with the other people that are on the other side of bateria by an invisible thing, by an invisible uh, sound wave. You know, this is really powerful. You know, this mm-hmm. really uh, brings good things for your life. You know. Yeah, I like the way you describe that. Yeah. Um, so you have had a ton of experience playing music in different groups. I mean, hugely popular Monobloco traveling the world and, and playing with Samba schools. What has been your, your happiest moment or your most memorable moment playing this music? Yeah. One of the greatest moments was playing in the Hollywood Bowl with 9,000 people. Hmm. This was 
really, really huge for me. You know, Billie Holiday played there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's my hero. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, this was really, and it was crowded, you know, it was, and it's a really beautiful venue, you know, played with an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Oh, this was maybe the thing that I can remember now that I like the most, you know, but we made, we also made a, a big tour in, in England in UK uh, in 2007, 2008. We spent 45 days each year there, knowing different people. Wow. Yeah, knowing different groups. This was amazing. This was really, really, really good. Uh, parading in the Sapucaí was a really big, because I can cannot do that anymore because in the carnival I'm, I'm working. So I cannot do the parades in, in the Samba Drome anymore. But I did it sometimes, and this is this is a really important thing to do in your life if you play, you know? It's amazing. It's amazing. The the energy, the the adrenaline that 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 people puts in you. Let's go guys, it's now it's the time. Ah! So it's it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a huge thing. Maybe this. So when you you say you're working, are you working playing shows? Now, no, no, unfortunately not. Now I am doing what I'm doing is that I I am really working hard on on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash samba beats. Have a lot videos about batucada carioca there. I am with uh, one book ready and two in the middle. I am doing a book about Monobloco, the mm. the shows de bateria. Shows de bateria is like a uh, a part of the gig that just the bateria do some breaks and some different stuff. So I am writing mm. it. Uh, I am doing a, a book about the the classical, the, the, the vintage bosses that everyone knows. In Rio. You know? Oh, yeah, cool. So I'm, I'm, oh, that's a great idea. I am doing a book about it and I am start working. I, I, I start working a lot of things at the same time, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I, am, I was always like that. And uh, now I'm doing, I'm start doing a, a book with uh, different grooves, you know? So I have, a group can start different grooves with different breaks. Each groove has some grooves and some breaks, so you can do it by... It's a thing for some groups. That I did this work for some groups in Europe, so I decided to do a book about it. Hmm. And I think I'm going to call a friend of mine to do with me. There's a guy uh, that played with me with Monobloco for lots of years, Leo Saad, a really gifted guy. And I think we're going to do this, that together. You are doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's the quarantine. I'm bored <laughs> in my home. Yeah. I'm just trying. I'm studying a lot too. Now I'm, oh, yeah? I am kind of developing uh, hipiki and cash and tamburinha at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the quarantine. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel, would, do you have any other things that you'd like to promote as far as workshops online, lives, things like that? 
Yeah, uh, I'm not very good in promoting myself, to be really honest. You know, uh, I just do my work the best I can, and I hope that things happen. You know, I know that is not the best way of dealing with things, but that's me. Yeah, I, I really want people that can wants to support my work to go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, and share it, and um, helps my website. I'm going to organize my website in the best way. I'm going to put my books in an ebook format, probably mm-hmm. with videos. That it's mm. the videos are nice. are already uh, done. You know, I, I it's, it's ready. Sorry, it's already ready. Uh, but you know, what people who likes my job wants to support me, just share my website and my YouTube channel. And if you want my books, you can buy it. Uh, at my website, I have two links there, and you can buy even if you're not in Brazil. And we will put links to all that on our website, so um, you can go to thebrazilianbeat.com and under Gab- slash Gabriel Lopez, and there will be links to all of that information. Or you can go to his website, which is sampabeats.com.br. Nice. Yeah, I think that that uh, lots of folks in the U.S. are not aware of it. So once they see it, I think they'll really enjoy it. Oh, nice. I, I can some some year go to to your meetings. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. We are also not, I mean, we, we post a lot on social media, but there's so many tricks and tips for promoting yourself online that we also don't take as much advantage of, but I think your information is so important that people will find it. Yes. Yeah. There's a friend of mine that he says, life is too short to, uh, to learn a digital marketing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't spend your time with that. Yeah. I get emails every day from like five different digital marketer people. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. I'm just uh, like overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah it's, yes. It's hard it's, when you have a, a regular job and you're doing all the yeah. other things. So we, yeah, we hear you. Yeah, no, Diane, you're right. Because or you do music or you do that, you know, it's not possible to. So I'm, I'm probably hiring some someone to help me with that you know mm-hmm. at some yeah. point because I, I i cannot do that just think yeah. that i cannot do yeah so well thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us um i love i love all the things you're doing it's it's this really you got some good resources for for our audience the things that people would be really interested in i feel like Oh, nice. I, I, thank you for inviting me. Um, I really love talking about this subject, you know. And if you, uh, Courtney and Diana, or anyone that's hearing it, needs any information, uh, wants to talk to me, I really am open for it, you know. Just send an email and let's talk about it. Let's spread the Batucada feeling for for the world, for the world, yeah, all definitely. around the world. Sorry. Yeah. And, and so, come, come visit us in Portland. 
Ah, uh, that's a that's a good. I would do it. Okay. Yeah, I really good. love to to travel and play with people. You know, it's it's a totally different experience from being a tourist in a, in a city. Uh-huh. You know, it's yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really great that you speak English too. That's a unifier. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Everyone needs to talk English, otherwise you are out of 70% of the internet content that mm-hmm. for researching anything that you want. So, mm. Thanks to my mother that, that is a retired English teacher. Oh, that's oh, great. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on. Okay, thank you, Diana. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, Really glad to be here. Let's do it again yeah. in yeah. some months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, we have is time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know you guys enjoyed that conversation with Gabriel Lopez. He's got lots of great resources for um, Samba nerds like you and me out there. Go definitely go check out his website, uh, sambabeats.com.br. And he's also on social media, Facebook, Instagram. So, so go check him out. Yeah, that website is so great. I really, I really like the layout of it, and it's just got so much information. Yes, it's so so good. Mm-hmm. We want to send a reminder out: just um, support your local. Uh, <laughs> And international uh, teachers. We have so many great teachers that are uh, out there giving lessons online now. Um, We've got Dueto in Sao Paulo. We have uh, Dudu Fuentes in Rio, Ailsa Nunes, Francisco Machado. Who else, Courtney? Mestre Junior Sapayo is teaching lessons. And, And so many more that like we haven't even listed right yeah i mean pretty much everybody (laughs) is is teaching lessons online this is a great opportunity you guys um you know before people were a little hesitant about online lessons and everybody's figuring it out they're figuring out how to send videos and play them on zoom and send you the material and and you know they're writing stuff out it's they're getting really organized and people are learning and getting a lot better at teaching online and you can learn a lot so i've been taking lessons online and really loving it so definitely check those out and if you need if you want recommendations i mean everybody we listed is somebody we recommend but you know reach out to us we'll we'll tell you uh, we'll tell you who to talk to and we also and we'll also post invitations on uh, our social media there's one right now an ongoing marica 2 uh, course with chiago nago uh, who is from estella brillanchi one of the contramestres along with our friend Pitoku. He's doing, um, let's see, he started today, so it's going one, two, three, four, and he's got five more uh, lessons, online lessons on Sunday mornings. So, uh, yeah, I've heard that he's a really great teacher. Um, so, look for that invitation on our social media. Um, yeah, check it out. I also wanted to announce a um, an, another online thing uh, on YouTube um, musicians Pipo Kinya and Pedro Marchines are having their CD release online on YouTube uh, they are a great great um, artists 
that uh, we've come to know at Brazil Camp and young and just outstanding musicians. So they're so good. They are, and they're so sweet, especially together. Yeah. <laughs> they're so sweet. Um, so. I'm going to post a link, um, and that's coming up on the 29th of October um, for the live stream, but then you can catch it anytime on YouTube. So, uh, I'm totally going to watch that. Yeah, make sure to catch them. People Kenya and Pedro Marchines. So good. So we have some shout-outs this week. Um, we want to... Uh, Add a new member to our Kofi community, Jeremy Parker, number one fan. Moved back into the number one fan <laughs> slot. Pulling <laughs> ahead. Thank you so much for your contribution, Jeremy. That really is great that you were able to do that. So we, we appreciate it so much and appreciate your friendship and support. Also part of our Kofi community is Mel Raff, always promoting our podcast and so supportive uh so thanks again mel you're the best along with jeremy parker <laughs> we also want to thank ashley makachor for um leaving us a, a review on was it i think it was apple podcast right she left us a yeah. review and yeah thank you so much ashley all the all of our big fans in uh san jose <laughs> We're big in San Jose. <laughs> uh, that's Bloco du Sul, right? Mm-hmm. Thanks, yep. Bloco du Sul. Jimmy's, Jimmy's group. Yeah, I think they're back at it, practicing again, social distance, but um, getting to practice samba once again. Always say tambourine in San Jose. Don't <laughs> say tam. Or you'll you'll get hear your it. drum smacked out of your hand. Yeah, you'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> Hi, Jimmy. (laughs) So thanks again, everybody, for um, being part of our community. We'd love to hear from everybody. Um, That's like from guests and uh, and just listeners. You guys are great. So we love getting your uh, emails and messages. It's great. Yeah, reach out and say hi. Oh, and we'd like to to invite you to send us a little voice recording. You can email that to us at thebrazilianbeat at gmail.com. Just if you want to say something like, this is Diana from Portland, Oregon, and this is a Brazilian beat. Please do so. We'd love to hear from you guys. That would be so cool. We'd love to feature your voice on our podcast. We are inviting you to send it. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And to all you Americans out there, take a deep breath and go vote. Wash your hands. Se você quer me convencer De outra maneira de viver É direito teu sonhar Se você tem essa visão Eu tenho outra opinião É melhor se respeitar Se você quer me convencer De outra maneira de viver Direito teu sonhar Se você tem essa visão Eu tenho 
outra opinião É melhor se respeitar 